Welcome to the Recruitment Hackers Podcast, a show about innovations, technology, and leaders in the recruitment industry. Brought to you by TalkPush, the leading recruitment automation platform. And now we'll move on to the panel discussion. So I'd like to invite on stage our wonderful panelist, Mian Batallones from 24-7 AI, Hazel Camacho from Inspiro, Jared Kagan from Probe, and Omer from Vervo. Okay, Omer's on. Hi, Max. Hi, Hazel. Perhaps a, a quick introduction from the panelists. Hazel, um, mm -hmm. if you would uh, please introduce yourself to, to our audience. Sure, Max. We've got 168 people online listening to you now. 169. Wow. Wow. I'm just so excited to be here, Max. Thank you so much. And to all of you who actually signed up and you know decided to be with us in the next few minutes, you are really investing on you know, how you would really move forward with talent acquisition, with your job uh, hunting activities and all that stuff. So yes, my name is Hazel and uh, I work for Inspiro. It's a BPO company that has over 30,000 customer champions in 35 different locations worldwide. So I take care of a team, you know, that takes the lead in bringing at least 20,000, you know, new hires in, in a year. So that's a pretty not so boring job, I would say, you know, most fulfilling job, I would say, you know, because it's not just job that we're giving, but it's hope, you know, especially nowadays where things are quite tough than usual, I would say. So true. 20,000 lives changed every year. Anybody jazzed up in the morning? Thank you, thank you, Hazel. Um, uh, Jared, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I think this is a really exciting topic to be discussing because look, I'd say all businesses, people are the most important. And for us as a business, we're absolutely passionate about our people. and. Every time we recruit people into our business, it's just, we, we say it's bringing people into the family. So look, as the world changes and there are new and, and exciting ways to recruit people and bring them into our family, I just think it's a, a really exciting topic. And look, I'm sitting here today, obviously, but we just have an amazing team and everything that we do and all the investments that we've made in terms of the recruitment process and automation, it, it really goes down to them. We employ as a business, close to 14,000 people now across five different countries. Obviously, Australia, New Zealand, Philippines, South Africa, and uh, yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks, Jared. Should we, for, for the listeners who, who don't know about Probe, can you tell us about the Probe group, the Probe family? Because I think you've had some additions to the family. Yeah, so Probe, we've been around actually for 40 years. We started in, in 1978. Originally, background was more in, in the credit and collections outsourcing space, but we've grown significantly, especially over the last five to six years. We've invested heavily into the more upstream, we call it customer managed space, but for want of a better word, BPO space. Uh, we provide um, customer service, customer retention, digital automation, as process simplification, really invested heavily. We've Probably in the last two and a half years, we, we acquired a business called Salmet's Contact Center, which was at the same time as us 
Australia's largest contact centre. And then in the Philippines in the last couple of years, we, we acquired uh, microsourcing, which is a managed service operation providing knowledge process serving and, and uh, shared services and another smaller company called Bepo, which employs uh, circa 500 people in the Philippines. And most recently, about a month ago, we settled on another business called Stella, which employed uh, about 6,000 people as well. So taking our total headcount to, to 14,000 globally. Okay. Well, I, for one, knew all of those names from before. So, and I did not know Probe until this year. So I guess, yeah, diff different brand equity and different geography. World's best, best kept secret. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Jared and Mian. So good afternoon to everyone and thanks for joining Recruitment Hackers. I think this is a good two hours that you'll have with uh, all of my co-panelists and of course the Talk Push team. 247.ai uh, has been in the business for 20 years. It's a BPO and technology company, specifically in the Philippines. And just during the last seven months of the pandemic, we've shifted our uh, recruitment to a recruit from home model. And quite surprisingly, towards our road to recovery, we did not just recover, but I think I mentioned to you that we managed to get, I think, four new accounts, even in the midst of pandemic, something that was unexpected because we thought that we were just going to continue with how we were doing things. But I think the pandemic pushed us to really make our process 100% virtual, but at the same time, be opportunistic and really be able to tap into other accounts or other clients who were in need of our service. So the last seven months, as you described it earlier, was amazingly painful. And I think I'd like to agree with that. My team has been working from home for the last eight months, all of us. And it has been amazing, yes, but also amazingly painful because of the changes that we needed to do, how we needed to be adaptive and how we, of course, needed to still continue with the business. Good overall, but still so much um, reason for us to be grateful. Thank you, Mian. I'm sure everyone agrees. Omer, did you have a painful year? Tell us about... I personally had a great year because we just had a baby, so right. I'm feeling good. No complaints, but thanks, Max. Thanks for having me. So I'm with a company called Vervo, and what we do is we predict job performance. We put job candidates in situations that they would normally face on the job and give them an opportunity to showcase their skills by doing tasks. And, and then and we do that at scale. We then use machine learning models to automatically grade and rank those candidates. And so we do that for a range of roles and in industries from, you know, including call center, customer service and retail, but also for software developers, sales reps and designers and pizza cooks and everything you can imagine. And, and really, we're about testing skills and showing you whether someone can do your specific job at your company um, or not. And, you know, here on this panel, we partner with TalkPush and we work together on clients like Walmart at very high volume. And we also work with Probe and its group of companies as well. So it's great to be on, on this panel and look forward to discussing some of these uh, very real issues around, you know, can you automate? Um, does it need to be human? Can machines process these sort of things? And, you know, very interesting questions to discuss. So, so thanks, Max, for inviting me. 
Yeah, pleasure. And uh, I hope you'll get to meet uh, some of the panelists in person when traveling is allowed again. I'm sure it's going to be one of the first trips you got to take. Look forward to it. One of the first trips I took to the Philippines. I think we have a lot of our audience coming from the Philippines. So I'm, you know, I'm tilting my, my presentation a little bit towards that audience was that in every recruitment office that I visited, there were these small phone booth setups where people would have the versant assessment where you, you'd have to like walk down and sit in front of an actual touchdown phone. I don't know if those things are still around. I imagine, no, uh, Hazel's <laughs> saying no. So has this place been repurposed? Is everything, all the assessments going on online now? Or you still have some of the stuff doing happening in the real world? I guess it's no longer possible, right? Yeah. Well, if I could, you know, shaking my head because, well, since the pandemic, so March 15, you know, right after it was announced up until this time, we've shifted all of our processes. 90% of our processes are now done online, you know, from sourcing up to onboarding, you know. So the things that were left that we do on site are pretty much the paperwork. You know, like things that you can no longer automate, you know, things that are required by the bank to be on physical copies, right? But basically, if you would look at the entire talent acquisition cycle, you know, from sourcing to screening, you know, to onboarding, all of those are pretty much done online, you know, and virtually. Because what we first thought of during the time, you know, our safety of our team members, we know that we have to deliver, but we do not want to compromise, you know, the health and safety of our people. So we shifted everyone to a work from home setup, provided them with all the tools, internet connectivity, laptop, pocket Wi-Fi, even mobile phone credits. And most importantly, we invested on platforms, you know, because one of the things that we realized is we cannot really do the usual face-to-face -face setup. Okay? And therefore, you have to introduce a lot of automations, you know, so that you can really adapt, you know, to the influx and the urgency, mm -hmm. you know, that we need to, to handle. Earlier, man was talking about how amazingly painful, you know. I have to agree with that, man. You know, like in our case, could you imagine while in pandemic, we've increased our hiring requirement by at least 50%. So it was really crazy. How do you process in a totally different environment with a 50% more volume? That is just so crazy. And I'm so happy, you know, that our company has invested so much, you know, when it comes to automation, systems and platforms. And with that, you know, modesty aside, we've even increased our revenue, you know, by at least 10% compared to last year. So it's pretty amazing, painful, primarily because of the uncertainties, I would say. We really don't know up to how when. But one thing we've realized, you know, whether there's pandemic or not, I think this kind of setup will continue. It will be the new normal, whether we like it or not. Let's see if we have a counterexample. Are there some things that are going to go back to the old way, man? Just to piggyback on, you know, what Hazel said and your question earlier, I think I'd like to confirm your prediction number two and prediction number three. When you said that when you visited offices many years in the past, there were cubicles, there were phone screeners. So that's gone today. And I think I'd like to validate that second prediction of yours because uh, phone screening is no longer 
done today. And you've asked about whether the spaces in the office have been repurposed. So that's a definite uh, yes for us because they've now been repurposed to something that's more useful, I think, on-site, whether they're for on-site accommodation, whether they're for production or whether for training, because as mentioned, recruitment is now 100% virtual, 100% work from home. So again, to validate your prediction number three, many recruiters will not return to the office. And that's the reason why the large recruiting spaces um, will now, I think, be repurposed for other more relevant needs and objectives. Will there be things that will go back to uh, the old normal? Was that your question, Max? Yeah, I was, and you know, maybe this is a question that Jared wants to take or, you know, it sounds like it was painful that everything went okay and everybody met their targets. And so let's just continue, right? Maybe the biggest price that everybody had to pay was more of a psychological one. Yes, yeah, see, see it's, it's really interesting because from our end, and I mean, Thankfully, we invest in a number of different uh, platforms that enabled us to really deal with this situation before it came. So if this situation had come and we hadn't invested into platforms like Vervo, we wouldn't have been able to get through because what's the beauty about these types of, I guess, automated recruitment platforms and, and especially, I mean, you talk about the way that it can integrate everything from verification screening through platforms like TalkPush. What it enabled us to do is produce a mass number of, of recruitments and process mass number of applicants in a way that we'd never done before. And when you're talking about a C19 environment where you can't actually talk face to face no matter what, these are the types of things that enabled us to get through and that we'd invested in before C19 actually hit. But it's not even just the ability to do it actually it enables you to actually recruit better candidates so the quality the way that and i'll keep talking about vervo because they're our partner but the way that it leverages through machine learning and ai to really refine what a good candidate looks like and to score and continually build that out it simplifies the process and it actually enables you to recruit not only and, and process more candidates, but recruit better candidates in line with what you're trying to achieve. Uh, so it's just by chance and good fortune that we invested in these types of technologies before C19 hit. And then the other benefit is it actually allows you to, to pass information to the candidates digitally as well in a way that's better that humans couldn't do either so through videos and and there's a consistency so you can through videos and and through uh, messaging and, and really give these applicants the information that they need that they weren't able to do you know through humans so or through these face to face so you know for us it was just as i said good fortune that we invested in these types of technologies before c19 hit i imagine that it sounds lovely after the facts, but, but initially you always get a little bit of pushback, right? When you present an automation solution, it's, you know, it doesn't matter how good your platform is. It's not going to be as good as, as a phone call. You must get that a lot, Omer, right? With people saying, I don't believe we can automate this piece. Yeah. So, so one of the early objections we used to get was candidates won't want to do this. You know, candidates will be scared of this. This won't feel very personal, personalized, or, you know, it, it'll feel cold. And we did a lot of research. We don't hear that 
as much today because I think it's been proven already. But but what we did a lot of research, we survey all our candidates and we collect an enormous amount of data. And what we learned was that there are two things that candidates care about. One is they want an opportunity to prove themselves. They want a, a genuine chance to apply for the job, to put their best foot forward. And the second thing is that if they're not going to get the job, can someone please get back to them very quickly and tell them that that's really what they care about. And when candidates say things like, I don't want to be treated like, you know, I don't want to be automated or I don't want to talk to a machine. What they're really saying is, I don't want to be unfairly disqualified. There's no candidate that gets a, a fair opportunity to put their best foot forward for the job that says, I don't like technology. They don't care if it's with technology or in the room or whatever. What they care is that they get a chance to apply for the job fairly. And if they get that chance, and by the way, using technology, they get a much better chance because you can process a greater volume of can You're not eliminating those candidates based on their resume or something arbitrary, you're actually giving them a chance. Technology enables all that to happen in parallel. And you're actually looking at their genuine ability and they're not subject to interview, interview or bias and all these other things. And so long as they get a chance and so long as someone gets back to them promptly, and that's another thing with technology, imagine trying to get back to five or 10 or 20,000 people in a day. There's no recruiter that can do that. And so technology addresses those two points of you've got a, a, a fair opportunity to apply for the job. And if you're not going to get the job, we'll tell you very quickly. Yeah. And Max, yeah, if I could also uh, share my thoughts, you know, on what could be that thing that will go away, you know, if there's any, I guess it would be the denial, you know, that you can do things analog, you know, you can like veer away from doing things digital at this point. That denial will eventually be gone, you know, because what we've seen really, you know, is the fact that you have to go digital or you, you know, business will be dead, something to that effect. You know, it's digital is the new default, as they say. And what would actually continue? What we've experienced for the past eight months simply accelerated, you know, the disruption that we've been seeing for, for, for several years already. Keep denying the fact that you need automation, it's just cost, you know, it's better to do things manual. But one thing I've learned from a book that I've recently read, you know, it's entitled Future-Proofing Your Career and Your Company. It says there that there are two things, you know, that the world is really changing. And what are these drivers? First would be the, the talent market, right? Whether we like it or not, you have the millennials and the Gen Zs storming the workplace. So how do you adapt to this labor force? And as we know, these younger generations are very tech heavy. They want things done fast. They want things very accessible, anywhere, anyhow, anytime. And that can be addressed by automation. That can be addressed by digital, right? And then the other one would be, you know, the changing business landscape. You know, according to this book that I've read, it's also something that is changing, you know, the, the relationship between employee, employers, and all that stuff. So how do you capitalize on people who are located in different regions, different countries, for instance, right? So if we continue to do things face-to-face, -face, then there's your limitation geographically.
restricted because not everyone can travel to your workplace, right? Or to your recruitment hub. But with people willing to work for you, but they are in another country or in another province, as long as you can reach them via internet, you know, they can do their stuff from home, then you have access not to, you, to this bank. Are you bank. Spiro to hire people outside the Philippines uh, that you would normally yes. domestically? Yes, actually. We've been doing a lot of work from home setup nowadays because obviously we have to continue on. Uh, we never ceased operation since the pandemic. And it's good to say that our employees are pretty much adjusting to the new norm. Obviously, you know, we need to provide a holistic approach to them, not just in terms of technology, but also on humanifying a lot of things, you know, like while it is done or HR services, while they are done through automations, we still make it a point that there's a human factor in it. Mm. Because one thing that would probably need to be emphasized, this is the time where we really need to be more human, no, than ever, you know, because of the social distancing. Right? People are now more longing, you know, for the warmth, you know, and the usual feeling of talking to someone. So I guess that's why some people are not comfortable talking to chatbots, right? Because if the chatbot is not engaging enough to be able to still, you know, relate to a candidate or to an applicant. So those are things that are really interesting. You need a good design, good UX, and to be on the lookout for that. Anybody who's on this conference call, in this virtual conference, should at least try to apply for a job at their own company and, and be ready to give feedback because you can never test your system enough, I think, and, and build more empathy into it. So um, I want to ask uh, some practical tips from people here. I have two questions on my mind. One, which is on a higher note, which is how has the town pool changed in 2020? You know, is it expanding? Is it better? Is it different? But before that, a practical tip for our audience uh, who want to automate, they want to do more with less. They probably have, you know, less headcount, more volume. We talked about eliminating the initial phone screening as a potential, you know, very time consuming step in the recruitment process that could be eliminated. What else, what are some of the other things that we can knock off to lighten the load? Are there some things that are a little bit uh, a thing of the past that we can just, you know, take off from their to-do list? It's a big question and I'm happy to take uh, answers from anyone. <laughs> Jared, I think, I think you're about to say something. Look, I mean, yeah, it is a very big question. I think, look, from our perspective, we focus on what we are. And, and absolutely, if there's something that can make a process better, you, you need to do it. But look, for us, the, the path was to invest in partners. And so businesses like you know, Talk Push, Vervo, they're the experts in this. And, and what I would say is getting together all key stakeholders, which would be operations, recruitment, HR, training, and, and trying to understand what are the things, what are the pain points, and what, what can you do to really improve them and then reach out to the experts. I mean, you know, you can sit down, you can talk with your partners about what your vision is, what your values are and how they can help. And, you know, true partnering can deliver those types of things. What we've also been able to do in some internally is obviously we have divisions that are, you know, RPA and, and machine learning and simplification automation. So what we've done with them is we've been able to 
as example, take certain repeatable processes and, and being able to automate them ourselves. So they can then help supplement those, the partners that can that you can bring to the table for the recruitment process. I think powerful is that a lot of people look and, and think, well, if you have a range of different um, applications and software and you bolt them all together, it can get quite clunky. But the way with cloud-based um, technology and open APIs, you can really, take the best of everything and build something together that is just builds this unbelievable seamless experience that that delivers you know great candidate experience great quality candidates the ability to pass great information from your business to them and really deliver a, an amazing experience so I, i'd probably say that's something to look at as well max can i jump in yeah please I, so I agree with everything Jared said, and I want to add to that and, and maybe offer a, a different lens to look through, which is most people, what they ask is, what can I use technology for? But I, I would look at it in the opposite way because technology can do everything. Technology can do, and, and definitely in recruitment, technology can do everything. So just let's just assume that technology can do anything you want. The real question is, what's the best way for you to spend your time as a human being? Right. So just like today, we don't use typewriters because that's not an efficient thing to do. There are better ways to do it. You've got to ask yourself, like, is it a good use of your time to write a rejection email to every candidate? Probably not. But in some cases, you might want to call the candidate yourself. And so you should do that. And so I think what recruiters should be asking is, what is a good use of my time? Is it people analytics? Is it attracting talent and doing candidate attraction and employer branding? Is it selection? Is it executive recruitment? And for the things that are not a good use of your time, well, technology can do all of those things. It can do all the rest because there is literally no limit now. And you couldn't say this five years ago. What's possible today is fundamentally different from what was possible five, even two, even 18 months ago. And if people had that recognition that so much is possible, and they started thinking about how to use their time more efficiently. I think more companies would get that balance right between they would stop stressing about, you know, what's going to be automated and is my job at risk? Your job is not at risk. There are so many things recruiters can and should be doing, and so many other things that technology can help them with to make their job easier. So I found out about owner's company, Vervo, from one of my customer success managers in Costa Rica who told me this platform is awesome. And here we are now talking in the owners in, in Australia. The world of technology is very small. It, it connects fast and good products. Uh, they'll, they'll come to you. If you ask for a solution, you will find it. It's out there. So yeah. well, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Uh, perhaps, man, tell us how your talent pool has evolved in 2020. Are you hiring the same people this year that you did last year? Or did this pandemic change the composition of your team? You know what, since we, the operations never ceased for us, just like I think the rest of the BPO companies, we thought that we were just going to be, you know, hiring the usual talent, but quite surprisingly, and this is a feedback actually from my country head, and operations and training was that quality, quality was never compromised. I think quality for recruitment is always a challenge, you know, from time to time, especially whenever hiring requirements are very high. But quite surprisingly and amazing results. Actually, we've never had any 
quality call-outs or performance call-outs, which is actually very good. So I think the talent is, yeah, the talent landscape is changing such that they're adapting because the process now is 100% virtual, so they need to be adapting. You know, I always kid around and say that internet speed, I think, is going to be the new communication skills. So back many years ago when we started the BPO industry, we were very particular, of course, with communication skills. Today, I think profile should include already, uh, as Hazel also mentioned, uh, digital is the new default. So I agree. And I think based on our experience, based on our observation. It's old enough to remember uh, you have to put your typing skill, typing speed on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> back many years ago so yeah it's um it's changing but for us at least for hires that we've had they've changed for the better which is actually good for us so from, yeah. from fighters speed now to internet speed um, exactly. <laughs> that's the the new way to evaluate talent so we could go on uh, forever thank you everyone for sharing your your experiences in in a traumatic year You'll get an, an opportunity to share them with some more people because what we're going to do now is I'm going to move us to the networking section, which means we're going to click on the left-hand side. There's a little networking tab here. And then if my memory serves me right, from the moment you're in there, you're in the hands of God. You know, you don't know who you're going to speak to next. And uh, it's just moving from one to the next. It's like a speed dating thing. So I know uh, Omer told me before the call that he's married. He doesn't want to. He, he doesn't want to play. But uh, as long as we're <laughs> keeping things professional, <laughs> we're gonna have fun and, and take the opportunity to learn about the, the audience that we invited here and find out about, uh, you know, get a bit of that real world feeling that that we all miss so much from the pre-COVID times. And then when we're done with that, we'll have a, another panel discussion, and that'll be back on the main stage. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much.